When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, welcome to Football Full Circle right here on Sports Grid. Thanks for watching us. I'm your host, Mike Blue, and I'm going to be here along with my co-host, George Kurtz, for uh, the next hour talking about everything going on in the NFL. And, George, the thing we talked about last week that was pretty interesting were some of the rule changes proposals that were being thrown out there to the Rules Committee, to all the ownership, and we have some decisions on a few of those. Uh, And the first one is about the 4th and 15 onside kick alternative. We thought this might happen. It seemed pretty interesting to me. But as it turns out, it's not going to happen. They've sh- they've tabled it for now. It seems like there were too many questions regarding a-, a bunch of factors in the rule, but it seems the one that really got it killed is that the teams were worried about it being a little bit too easy for teams to come back into it, the teams that have been trailing the whole game. So what are your initial thoughts on it being turned down? I'm disappointed. I'm also surprised. You know, we know the NFL wants to get rid of the kicking game, right? They believe that's where a lot of injuries are, concussions and stuff like that. And they pretty much gutted the onside kick anyway. You know, we had to have hit the players on each side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So and you can't have 11, 10 guys on one side. You can't do that anymore. So I mean, you're down at less than 10%. These things are recoverable. So I, I was really surprised that this thing got tabled. Not not killed, but tabled. I thought they would go for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I understand that uh, it makes it easier? Sure. I believe we ran that. We talked about the numbers on uh, a show or two ago. It was up over 20%. So it's almost two and a half times more successful, fourth and 15, than an onside kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, you know, I kind of, uh, I would like to see it. Do I think, is it easier? Yes. Then make it fourth and 20. Or make it, you know, I was thinking of some other things. Okay, it's fourth and 15, but you can only have 10 guys on offense. Yeah. You know, you know, and the defense still gets 11 if you want to do stuff like that. Weird stuff. It's, it's gimmicky anyway. So yeah. do whatever you want to do with it. But I would have liked to have seen it only because it's just more successful. And like I said, you've gutted, you've neutered the onside kick as it is. Yeah. So uh, Mike Garofalo uh, on Twitter said that Rich McKay uh, says they talked for 20 to 30 minutes on the fourth and 15 onside kick alternative. Uh, Roger Goodell asked the committee to get all feedback from teams and hopefully address it again down the line. So as you said, and you rightly pointed out, they didn't kill it. It's just they need a little bit more feedback, see if teams are interested in tweaking this a little more and going forward. It's not a good thing for the rule, but uh, as as it's appropriately termed, they've tabled it for now. And McKay uh, also said on the onside kick proposal, uh, you don't want to make the comeback too easy. You've earned that right to be ahead. He says there was concern about that from teams, as I stated earlier. And Troy Vincent adds that someone said in jest, teams with future Hall of Fame QBs, should be excluded from the conversation. So obviously uh, people are are a little worried about guys like Breeze and Tampa getting their shot on 4th and 15 if they're trailing. But 
that so that rule not going to happen, uh, unfortunately. Now there are some other ones that are also have also been tabled, notably the Sky Judge. I think you and I were at, on opposite ends of the spectrum on this one, or at least maybe an opposite vote, not entirely on the opposite side of the spectrum. I was happy to add the Sky Judge. Uh, I'm just looking to kind of get it right. But the Sky Judge proposal has also been shelved, George, so there's not going to be an eighth official up in the box. I wasn't against the Sky Judge, but I wanted to hear more information about what exactly they were doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually probably pro-Sky Judge. Uh, I, listen, I, I want a judge to be up there who's going to take care of the calls, that the obvious ones, that maybe the coach ran out of challenges or were just missed by everybody, whatever. That is so obvious there. Listen, uh, I mean, replay is tough. I like replay. I know there's some out there who don't. Uh, Dan Graziano of ESPN, he's big against replay. He thinks it's terrible. That ruins the game. I think Dan's a little nuts there. I think there's it, there's room for it something somewhere in the middle. I understand it slows the game down. You know, you lose momentum there. And you don't want to be over really overruling every little – it plays by an inch or, you know, a half an inch, uh, like baseball, where the runner was – you know, his spike was off the bag. Okay, you're out. I get that. But technically you're still out, but you, you hate that replay is used for that purpose. You, know, you want to get the obvious calls taken care of. But I still like the idea of a Sky Judge. I, uh, I'm not surprised this was tabled, Mike, though, because I think this. I think the NFL is also wary of what happened last year by putting in the review of the past interference and what a disaster that was. Yeah. I think they're afraid of doing it again, of making another mistake. I think the Sky Judge, and maybe even the onside kick thing as well, would have passed in a year where maybe you didn't have what happened last year happen. I think they would have had a much better success if that thing, if the parents thing wasn't a complete disaster. Right. Uh, I agree. And they've admitted they, they very rarely use the strong language that they used in uh, in talking about how badly it went. But they called it a complete failure. You know, they they use that term. I think it's good. Finally, you get a lot of times, unfortunately, with the NFL where. They're not being completely honest or they're so concerned about the image that they're not willing to admit fault in, in such a significant way. But they've been honest about this. I actually think they should do more of that, put, uh, make, it more, make it more of a step in that direction to make sure that Transparent. Uh, people, yeah, people, people understand that, hey, you tried it. It didn't work. We get it. Let's just move on. We, fixed, we, we tried it for a year. It didn't work. We're throwing it out. We're not going to dig in further and screw up more games next year and frustrate coaches more. Yeah, well, we've seen this in all sports, right? One thing about the American society, we're a forgiving bunch. Uh, you can think whatever you want, but you look at the steroid guys in baseball, they were all hated, and now they're liked again. Because once you admit it, once you admit, hey, you made a mistake, we do forgive that. I think the NFL would, uh, would benefit from admitting it more often that they screwed up. The problem is, I think, with the NFL is they think they're above everybody else, above and beyond everybody else. Yeah. That they never screw up. That our way is the best. You know, no matter what, no matter what it is, our way is number one. Even when it's wrong, our way is number one. It's why people take shots at them all the time, George. People always want to take shots at number one, first of all. And when number one can't admit anything that they do is uh, incorrect or wrong, then people get on them for it. Especially when they uh, compound that by doing it wrong over and over and over again. At least they listen. The past interference. I'm glad they they scrapped it. It was a you know, you and I talked about this last year. It was a dumb thing to begin with. It was never going to work. Yeah. You, know, you, you can't really review a judgment call. You just can't. Well, what a ref is judging. You, you want to train the refs better? I'll say it again over and over again. As someone who referees men's hockey leagues, I've always trained myself that I'm not calling a penalty unless it's so obvious that my hand goes up. That's a penalty in hockey when your hand goes up, not a flag. And I can't stop it. You know, it just went up automatically. I, I would look most of refs in football would do the same thing. Don't throw the flag unless it's so blatantly obvious that you can't help yourself. Other than that, let, let them play. No one wants to see a ref throw 10 flags a game. No one cares. I mean, the obvious stuff, absolutely. You know, but the stuff that's ticky-tacky, let them play. One of the rules that's been approved, you, you're probably going to see a little bit of that. So here's one of the first rules that's been approved. Philadelphia put this rule, this amendment forward. Amending Rule 15, Section 2, to make permanent the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any successful or unsuccessful try attempt. So there were times, George, where you could have a scoring play, they bring it back for some sort of a call, and you can't replay it because there's a penalty on the play, and the penalty supersedes anything else that would have happened. So now, I need more concrete example, but now it seems specifically 
they can still include it. And if they decide that the foul was not uh, was not a was not a foul, or that potentially the foul didn't have an actual impact on the play, they'll let it stand if it's a scoring play. Is that how you uh, understand it? I think this is another disaster. I think they're going to open up another can of worms. Think about it. All right, uh, touchdown pass. You know, 20 yard touchdown pass to Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Negated because they called offensive pass interference on Amari Cooper. Now you look at it, okay, technically, yes, but he, he may have pushed up with two fingers. That's still technically pass interference, but everyone's going to want that overturned because it happens every play. Mm-hmm. Right? Every play. And I also wonder this okay, on that same play, you discover, oh, yeah, Amari Cooper didn't. He didn't do a pass interference. It should count, but. We discovered that, you know, uh, Zach Martin tackled a blitzing linebacker that would have gotten to Dak Prescott. What about that? You see another penalty that should have been called. That was obvious and unobvious, but they didn't call that. That was missed. It's, it's another can of worms. I don't – listen, I am all for getting the calls right, and I want to get them right, but I don't think you can review officials' penalties, whether they called it or not, one way or the other. You just can't. Once again, I, can, I know in the, in the minds of an official, I, I said before – there are sometimes you let the guys play, and you're gonna let stuff go. But there are times you may it may be the opposite too. You may have gotten a call from your head of officiating who got a call from Goodell. Take Cleveland and Pittsburgh this year. Listen, we expect this game to be a war. Call everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna get those. You're gonna get 30 penalties. They want to make sure things to keep calm, that no one starts World War III out there. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes here. I think reviewing official calls is a mistake. I think it opens up that whole other can of worms. Maybe not as egregious as the apparent interference from last year, but it's not going to work out the way the NFL wants. Yeah, I, I, I need to see specific instances where this, where things have gone south with this. I, I, for the most part, I always thought that the penalty overrode whatever, um, whatever play happened on the field. So we'll see exactly how this plays out. And if I find some more concrete examples, uh, we'll bring them bring them up on, on future shows. So here's the next one. Uh, that came up as a rule change is by the competition committee. It expands defenseless player protection. This is the one I was referencing before when you were talking about uh, flags. I think flags will go down pretty quick on this, even if we and we'll decide that it's we'll ultimately discuss that it's probably too aggressive in the way that they're throwing this flag. But it expands defenseless player protection to a kickoff or punt returner who's in possession of the ball, but it was had not had time to avoid or ward off the impending contact of an opponent. So, in my opinion, George, I thought they already had a halo for these kick returners, A, and B, I've never quite understood the defenseless player who is holding or reaching for the ball. I, I always thought that that should be fair game, within reason, obviously, no head hunting, no illegal hits, but uh, I don't quite understand that this being a, such a significant problem when there's already protection on the returners. Uh, listen, I, I hate all these rules. All of them. You, you can't, they're trying to relegate hard hits out of the game. That's what they're trying to do here. And you can't do it. All right, to play flag football. Play two-hand touch. This is what you're going to do. I hate it on a defenseless receiver. The guy's jumping up for a pass. You know, his arms are in the air. He's jumping up, and all of a sudden, the, uh, you know, the safety hits him. And when the safety was aiming for him, originally, it would have hit him in the chest. But because the guy's coming down, now he hits him in the head, he gets a penalty. Even though he, it's not where he wanted to hit him, not where he should have hit him, but, you know, just simple math here. Vrimp, vrimp, you're going to get hit. Now you got these gunners that are running down on the kicks. What are they going to do if they get there? Oh, you got there too quick. So their job is to dislodge the ball from the uh, punt returner's hands, from his grip. You really can't do that now because you got the, uh-oh, your ball's still in the air, but I'm here now. You can't run and hit him at the same time. So you got to wait, pull up, or you got to run past him and let him run the other way. It just, it's silly to me. Yeah. Well, again, I think this is another way of the NFL trying to get kicks out of the game. They want you to punt the ball out of bounds. Yeah. And uh, eliminate the problem there. I just, it's silly. I can't, can't, I can't tell you, Mike, how much I hate. If I didn't love the game of football, all these rule changes that have taken all the aggressiveness out would have pushed me away years ago. Yeah, it's it's more difficult for people that are our age. It's more difficult, I think, to watch football uh, than it used to be. Understanding that safety has been a huge priority. There are times where the pace of play and the amount of penalties uh, have just screeched the pace of the game to a halt. And that's what we don't like. Last one, I'll say it real quick. We don't need debate it, to debate it. Uh, prevents teams from uh, manipulating the game clock while committing multiple dead ball fouls 
while the clock is still running. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count Hey, everybody, welcome back to Football Full Circle. Catch up with us on Twitter at SportsGrid. Catch up with us on Instagram at SportsGridTV. If you want to follow George, please do so. He's got a lot of fun videos on there. He's wearing a Predator hat the other day, the Jesse Ventura Predator hat. When he was out doing uh, yard work, he sent in a fun video on that for everybody to watch. So he's at George Kurtz, K-U-R-T-Z. I'm at Mike Blewett. Where did you pick that one up, dude? You looked, I immediately posted the Jesse Ventura Predator picture where he's wearing the hat the army hat with like the curled up on one side that's what it looked like to me you must have the same problem i have i mean we're both white as ghosts oh completely and if i don't wear a hat believe me i'll be pitch red pitch yeah. red so that's yeah. why the, my wife got me i have three or four of them only one's the predator the other ones are more uh crocodile dundee the, the safari hats uh, i like the i like the predator one the best uh so that's that's where i got that wife's trying to kill me in all yeah. honesty she's trying to kill me she knows it she told me this the other day <laughs> You know, when I said on that video, it was so true. She goes, there's no sports, no excuses. You know, get out in the yard. Let's do yard work. I'm going to get stuff done before. Uh, she knows, my wife is not a sports person, but she knows damn well that come July or August, everything's going to come back at once. Mm -hmm. And that, that'll be the end of her saying me. I'll be doing, you know, we'll be working le legitimately, be working. So uh, we're doing so much. I mean, she's trying to kill me, Mike. <laughs> Try, thousand feet in the backyard I tilled. I'm putting dirt back there. Well, you're, getting exercise. you're getting exercise yeah. at least. Um, I, I just wear a baseball hat and I put sunblock on. That's just what I do when I have to do that. I don't do the level of yard work that you do, but, you know, it is what it is. Usually what neither I do. do I. Okay, <laughs> this is all because of the pandemic or I would not be doing this. <laughs> so I, I have a new neighbor. I have a new okay. neighbor. They just right. moved in like two months ago. They mm -hmm. probably think that I'm like, you know, Mr. Farmer, Mr. you know, out there. So I'm out there every day doing yard work. I had to tell the guy, this is not me. You will not see me under normal times. I do not go out and do stuff like this. Okay, the wife is making me. Well, I like the videos, so keep them coming. So, all right, let's. Uh, we we were talking a little bit about the dead ball foul uh, rules being eliminated. Obviously, we saw uh, the Titans do that in the playoff game against the Patriots. The Patriots have done it previously to I can't remember which team uh, earlier in the year, but oh. nonetheless, 
I uh, can't remember. Well, they had, maybe they had done it to Baltimore in the past. They did something to Baltimore. I don't think it was that. Baltimore, cool. they did the jersey thing. Where they also they did some said, kind of play thing as well. They were saying, like, Deion Lewis was tack, was the tackle and the tackle was eligible. Right. They were switching players around. They did that in the playoff game. But uh, in any event, no more dead ball fouls. So the what the movie, maneuver you saw from the Titans during the playoffs against the Patriots that the Patriots had done to other teams earlier in the year, it's uh, no good anymore. So I, I think it's smart. I think it was a loophole in the rules, and I think you close that one up, and we're all good to go. So let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, odds. And we're going to go through their schedule now and, and potential odds for them. So uh, I'll, there's no sense in hiding it. George, this is one of your favorite bets uh, right now. Their win total is 8.5. The over right now on FanDuel, the juice is minus 145. So pe- clearly, people have jumped on the over here. But still, uh, the over at 8.5 is something that you like. To win the Super Bowl. They're at plus 2,700. So here's the funky thing about the, the odds here that I'm going to bring up here for myself. The Bills are at plus 2,700. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 teams in front of them. They have worse odds than the Vikings, the Packers. They're right about the same odds as the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Uh, worse odds than the Steelers, even. Uh, and the Colts at plus 2,400. Now, they're not quite favored to win their division, but they're neck and neck with the Patriots. Everybody likes the over. Is this really a function of the Chiefs and the Ravens being so good that pushes the Bills down? Because I'm not quite sure why they'd be behind the Steelers and the Colts necessarily. Well, the Steelers, I don't quite. The Steelers are the Steelers. I get that. Yeah, they're going to get popular money on it. They're going to get popular money. And I think the reason, uh, the reason I would go with is what you were sort of hinting at. The problem is Kansas City. I we they're just so good. We know it would be a shock if Mahomes stays healthy if they don't win that division, and if they don't get, man, it's not the top seed, the second seed. Baltimore is also right below Kansas City, right? Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't proven yet that he can win a playoff game. Got to see that yet, right? Uh, but still, yeah. they're a damn good team. Had a really good offseason. I would, I would put Buffalo as the third best team in the AFC, but I understand why their odds are longer because of Kansas City and Baltimore. I'd have Pittsburgh right behind Buffalo only because I think Baltimore wins that division. I don't think Pittsburgh wins it. And I think Buffalo does win the, the AFC East. I think uh, uh, that, that's why I would put them as far as odds above Pittsburgh. But once again, Pittsburgh money. I get that. That happens to a lot of teams. Pittsburgh, New England, Dallas. You always get extra money on them, so I do get that. So to win the AFC championship, they're sixth in the AFC. Plus 300 for the Chiefs, plus 330 for the Ravens, plus 1,000 for the Pats, plus 1,100 for the Colts, plus 1,200 for the Steelers, plus 1,300 for the Bills. So 13 to 1 to win the AFC championship. It, go, it ties into a little bit more what you were saying, and I think public money on the Steelers and the Pats is always going to happen, right? But still, I'm, I'm saying this for somebody that might actually like those odds at 13 to 1. I don't think they're going to win the AFC, but if you're going to take a shot down the board a little bit, they're they're one of the first ones you could look at. Oh, absolutely. And listen, if Josh Allen, we don't need him to be Mahomes, don't need him to be Lamar Jackson, but if he could just take another step in the right direction, the weapons are there. I mean, I think Stephon, according to Stephon Diggs, well, I'm not a big fan of, but he fits their need. And he sort of slots everybody into perfection now in that offense. You know, all right, you got Stefan Diggs uh, as the true number one, going to take away the, uh, you know, maybe double coverage. That single coverage on John Brown running deep, Beasley doing his stuff over the middle, and he can do a little bit more than that. He had a nice season last year. Uh, Dawson Knox, I think, is an underrated tight end. I might worry a little bit about the running game, but I think it's a solid running game. Singletary, Moss, TJ Yeldon, for that matter. If Allen could just keep getting better, not do some of the weird stuff we saw him do at times last year. Uh, Not take hits that he doesn't need to take. Sometimes I think he wants to prove that he's, Macho, like he's a lineman for crying out loud. Get down, you're a quarterback. You don't need to take those hits. If he can just take an, an incremental step, I don't need to be a giant step, but a, neck, a nice step forward. This is a dangerous, dangerous team because that defense is there. That yeah. defense is ready to be elite, to win games for them. The offense just can't really lose it for them. If he can be more than a game manager and do some down with his legs, they could be that team that take that next step. I don't mind the bet. Yeah. Yeah, so all right, let's look at the schedule. I want to talk about Josh Allen odds, too, if we have some time, but let me race right through it. So they're going to start off week one. They host the Jets. 
Then it's at Miami. So a couple of divisional games right out of the gate. I don't love that game at Miami only because it's going to be really hot mid-September. Uh, Miami historically does take teams out even if they are underdogs. Um, they did it a couple of years ago with the Bears. There was like a 100-degree game down there. And the Bears, who were off to like a 12-4 and four season a couple of years ago, they lost that game in Miami just because you could see they were gassed. And, you know, it's potentially a thing, even though we understand the Bills will be better than Miami this year. Then they come back home for the Rams. Then they go to the Raiders and go to Tennessee. So a couple of road games there uh, in Vegas and Tennessee. Then back home to host the Chiefs. So they're facing some decent teams in here. Uh, that Chiefs is that is a Thursday nighter. So that's the tough part, George. Sunday night uh, at Tennessee, Sunday afternoon, rather, at Tennessee, then Thursday night home versus Kansas City. So they don't have to travel for the Thursday night game. If you're ever going to get the Chiefs in a good spot, I guess a home game on three days rest is that good spot. Yeah, we've said this every show now. The numbers as far as Thursday night's games so are overwhelmingly in favor of the home team. All right, so if you're going to play KC, yeah, play him at home on a Thursday night. I'll take my chances there. So I think that, that'll be a, a very good Thursday night game that uh, we'll want to watch there. I mean, listen, I agree with you about Miami. They're going to beat the Jets week one. Miami's going to be tough, and it's a 1 o'clock game. It's going to be 9,000 degrees that day. We'll see what happens there. And I, I don't think Miami's a bad team. I think they're improving, a really yeah. good improving team. That wouldn't shock me if they compete for that last wild card spot. Uh, you get the Rams at home. I like that. Go, go one-on-one against Vegas and Tennessee on those road games. And then even if you lose to KC, you get the Jets again. I think that's a W. You want to split those that New England-Seattle, the next two there. You get Arizona on the road here. If you just don't fall apart here, I see no worse, no worse than 6-4 and four before the bye. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. So I, I, I think that, you know, it looks pretty good so far. Then we got, so the bye week, what is that, week 11? Sorry, I'm a little obscure. My yeah. screen's a little obscured here. So uh, week 11 then they have the Chargers at home. Then it's at San Francisco. That's the, uh, the Monday nighter. Then you have back home against Pittsburgh. Then it that's the Sunday nighter. So two, a short week technically, but it's two primetime games on a Monday night and a Sunday night. That's two good games, by the way. Pretty late in the year. We got Buffalo Niners and Buffalo Pittsburgh. I'm in. So, I, I mean, I'd be in anyway, but I'm in. I'm an extra in. Uh at Denver is the next week. That's It looks like a flex game. There's no time on that. Then at New England, second to last week of the year. And then they host Miami to close it out. And that at New England game is another Monday nighter, it looks like. So they have three. They have four primetime games overall, and three of them are af- after the bye. So that's weeks 13, 14, and 16. They got primetime games. So the Bills are going to be under the spotlight. And if you are sweating it out, I don't think you'll be sweating it out. They're eight and a half. I don't really don't think so. I think this is a relatively easy one, but you could be sweating it out here and playing against some good teams in prime time in the back half of their schedule. Yeah, I mean, I might worry a little bit, Mike. Uh, I mean, right, right immediately after the bar, you get the Chargers, and I, I'm going to like you there. But now you get, you mentioned, four games in a row, three on the road, San Fran, Pittsburgh, Denver, New England, and three of prime time which means you're taken out of your normal routine here. And this is a young team. Maybe primetime throws you off a little bit because you're being seen by everybody. So I do worry here. And none of these primetime games are easy. You know, you're at yeah. New England. You know, that that's the, uh, the division rival. You might need to win that game to win the division. San Fran, either the number one or number two team in the NFC, most think. And Pittsburgh is a playoff team in the AFC. And I mean, their previous one is Kansas City. Right. And, right. Well, that's early in the season. But, yes, yeah. that's, uh, I mean, wow. Uh, that's going to be rough there. That's why – you know, they can't fall on their face in the first 10 and go 5-5. Five and Because five. then you so, have problems here. I, I think they go 7-3, and three, but you can't. As long as they don't kill themselves here, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll, they'll boy, even going to Denver. After you play, man, that, that's, that's no, a I know. rough. I, I don't love rough. that game. I don't love that game, and it's going to be in mid-December. It could be freezing there. It's not like Buffalo players aren't going to be used to that. But, you know, altitude and all that kind of stuff. Denver's got a huge home field advantage just based on the altitude, you know, being having to go there after two primetime weeks against two tough teams and then go to Denver. That might not be a walkover. We've said many times on these shows, Denver is a swing team. 
they could actually surprise people and make the playoffs. So I'm not counting Denver out as like an easy win for anybody. I think they could be a tough team based on the talent that they have uh, all over that squad. So last really quick before uh, we get to the break, Josh Allen passing yards over under 3,249 and a half yards. No juice on either side right now. What do you think? A little over 200 yards a game. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go the over here. And touchdown. Touchdowns, 20 and a half, passing touchdowns. I guess I'm going over with yards. I have to go over with the uh, touchdowns as well. Yeah, I don't think he blows either of these away, but I, I think the offense should track in his favor. We're going to come back and talk about the Miami Dolphins, their divisional rival, right after this on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, we're back here on the grid football full circle. Mike and George uh, coming at you talking about the Miami Dolphins, George. 0-7 last year. Their over-under was 4.5 last year. I had Miami hard last year on the under. I just thought I, I had an initial wager on them, and as the season got closer, I put more down on Miami because they had gotten rid of Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills. They, were, they got... They were jettisoning players. We saw them trade Micah Fitzpatrick. So there was a variety of things happening both before the season and during the season that I was feeling increasingly great about that bet. And then Fitzmagic happens. An 0-7 team closes out the season 5-4. and four. They beat the Patriots on the road in Week 17. They go over. It's one of the... I can't call it a bad beat because they it wasn't some fluke play. And frankly, a couple of weeks before that, they had they lost to the Jets on sort of a funky penalty call when the Jets got an extra play and kicked a game-winning field goal. That could have been a win for them. But really, so I, the, they were close to finishing the season 6-3, and three, Miami was. But they finished 5-4, and four, they go over, they blew my bet. I was really irritated about it. My biggest mistake... Last year gambling it was not that I picked Miami and I, I put more money on them before the season. It's that I didn't hedge. But why did I think I should have hedged week 17? 
he had crazy odds. It was like plus 800 for Miami to win. If I had hedged, put 100 bucks on Miami, I would have cleared out whatever losses and, and made some back. Uh, but I digress. That's me talking about me and my wagers. But give me, give me a minute about the oh, – if you had money on the Dolphins last year, let me know. But give me a minute on how you feel Miami has done this offseason. Well, first off, I don't think anybody can blame you for, uh, about the Miami last season. Certainly not me, because I was in the same boat as you. Yeah. I had Miami under as well. And, uh, you know, the final game when they won that, that's one of those games you start throwing things through, through a TV screen. All right. Uh, I'm probably doing the updates for uh, in-game live on Sundays. Miami. I was so dejected. Like I was dejected after that game. You know, it's Could- funny, though. Uh, I'm playing in an online poker tournament last night. Uh, 200 people. And uh, I'm at the final table, played it four hours, right? And it's like 1.30 in the morning here. And uh, when you get to the final table and a lot of these things, people aren't playing very fast now because we're all in the money. And they're all trying to move up here. And I finally get uh, – I, I want. I was the, I was 10th. I was ninth in chips. And so I want, I was looking for an all-in hand, and it took me about 20 hands. I kept getting blinded out. I finally get ace, eight of clubs. And I bring this up because it reminds me of my, what Miami did last year. Uh, and everybody – I go all in. You know, everybody folds except for the chip leader who calls, which I didn't, wasn't surprised. Chip leader had like, I don't know, 20 times what I had. And, you know, he has king, king. And I had ace, eight of clubs. And I'm like, so great. I'm down to an ace. Flop comes. I said, an ace comes, but so does a king. Like, are you kidding? I felt like this Miami bet from last year. I kept getting close, but couldn't quite make it. But on the flop was two clubs. I had the nut flush draw. But of course, no club ball came again. A king came again. Uh, no, sorry, uh, an ace came. I actually had a set of aces, but of course, I lost to his... Uh, Kings over aces, full house. That's how I felt about the Miami bet last year. It was the right thing to do. Everything was right. Miami was trying to lose. They did not want to win during the season. That's why they traded all these plays that you're talking about. Anybody that wasn't nailed down, they were moving. Fitzpatrick, Tunsil, and everything else they did, which is the right thing to do for them. Yeah. And then they still win, like I said, five games. They did Fitz, Fitz Magic. You know, I didn't count on him starting as many games. I thought Rosen would play more because they'd want to see what he could bring. You know, either to be the starting quarterback or to trade him for some value in the offseason. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, like I said, I think everything was right last year. I think you thought it correctly. I think I thought it correctly. just didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't. So, uh, as we've detailed many times, they made some really significant uh, maneuvers this offseason. They've lost virtually nobody. Longtime safety Rashad Jones uh, wasn't re-signed. Um, and nobody really beyond that was significant that was on the team by the end of the year. But they did sign Eric Flowers uh, to a three-year, $30 million deal. They signed Jordan Howard to a two-year, $10 million deal. They signed Byron Jones, their huge signings, five-year, $82 million deal. It's still shocking to read that. He got $54.5 million uh, guaranteed. Uh, they signed Shaq Lawson from the Bills, three-year, $30 million contract. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba, two-year, $15 million deal. Elandon Roberts, Roberts, former Patriot. And Kyle Van Noy, former Patriot, a four-year, $51 million deal. So all of those come together to let you know that they were really turning over this roster with a plan in mind. And obviously, it culminates with the drafting of Tua Tungabailoa. I listen, I think they had a great, great offseason. I think the draft worked out well for them. That Tua fell to them at uh, at five. five. I like the players they've signed. You know, I I might have preferred that they would have gotten a better running back. I guess they didn't really like anybody in the rounds two and three, four. Uh, with all the extra picks, you could have traded up and got the guy you wanted outside of maybe the first two or three that went. I would have liked to have seen them upgrade there. But I think everything else you have to really like. Maybe, you know, I mean, is Preston Williams coming back? Is he going to be the same receiver he was last year? Devontae Parker seems to have made that turn. Uh they have a solid offense, right? Not great, but solid. I like the additions they've made. Like I said, Mike, it wouldn't shock me if this team challenges for that seventh, the last wild card spot, the seventh playoff yeah. spot. Yeah. It wouldn't just surprise me at all. I, uh, I think, listen, I think Buffalo's a better team. But I don't know how much better New England is than them. You know, with that quarterback situation, I just don't know how, how much better New England is than them where they're going to beat Miami twice. You know, I think if Miami can squeeze out some games here, you mentioned those early games in, in Miami. I think they need to take advantage of it. If they can beat the Bills or get that win you don't expect to get, you know, I think that could help them greatly here. So let's get into their odds a little bit. So we uh, – let me talk the odds first, then we'll do the schedule. So, by the way, the Patriots are still on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the favorites to win the AFC East at plus 120. The Bills are right behind them at plus 130. Uh, the Dolphins are obviously the uh, – are a much longer shot there at, at plus 900 
the their their odds to make the playoffs, though, George, to your point about maybe it not shocking you, they're plus four fifty to make the playoffs, minus six fifty to miss. So right now, early returns, it looks like that would be the bet to make just to make the playoffs. Don't say that they're going to win the division. That would be a little crazy in my mind to think that they're going to come out of nowhere and win the division. Uh, the Jets, I'm just trying to compare the Jets' odds to them. The Jets are plus 750. So the Miami is the longer shot in the division. Um, to win the AFC championship, they're plus 4,000. That's bottom three. They're only in front of Miami and Jacksonville. And to win the Super Bowl, they're plus 8,000. Those same teams, Washington is behind them, and the Giants have the same odds as them at plus 8,000. So, um, and the, the win total is six. The over right now is at minus 120, so the juice is heading that way. So of all of those things right now, to me, the to make the playoffs at plus 450 is a thing that jumps out. We'll get into the win total as we go through the schedule. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's I'm looking at the schedule now. It, it, there's They've got some problems going in here. It's not as... Uh... As cut and dry as I was hoping for. Yeah. Like I said, I think the if I this is one of those teams, Mike, though, that I worry about. They've made so many changes, and if we don't have much of a mini camp or a training camp, it's starting to look brighter. Like we're going to have something. We might even have a very small June mini camp. It's I'm starting to figure feel good uh, good vibes as far as that's concerned. They need that because there's been way too many changes here with all the draft picks, all the frades they brought in. They need to play together. They need to mesh and get some chemistry. Yeah. So I'll feel much better about Miami. If, uh, at the very least, we have a full training camp. Yeah, and, and I think a tough part, we talked about this with the Jets' schedule. We certainly went over this with New England. The AFC East teams have their work cut out for them. We just went through the Bills, but we expect the Bills to be a strong team. The tougher part for teams like the Jets and the Dolphins that are still kind of finding their way as an organization, they're playing both Wests this year in their uh, divisional matchups. So they're going to have a bunch of tough teams that will go through. The obvious names that pop out are Kansas City and San Francisco were in the Super Bowl last year, but everybody else, their competition in those divisions goes with it, and those are uh, deep, relatively deep divisions, uh, I think. Well, AFC West is debatable, but let's start it out here. They start out at New England, then they host Buffalo. Then they go to Jacksonville, then they host Seattle. Then at San Francisco, at Denver, Versus, they get both L.A. teams at home. It's kind of a weird quirk. They get the Chargers and the Rams back-to-back -back weeks, both in Miami. The weather's probably turning by then. Then they go to Arizona and host the Jets by week and week 11. There's your first 10, George. Yeah, there's, there, there are some obvious pitfalls here. I don't. I, I can't give you a win versus Buffalo in week two. Uh, we'll find out, I think we're going to find out real quick how, how good a team New England is or how good Miami is. I think Miami, I don't think New England's all that much better than Miami. Not as currently situated. Not with Stidham or Hoyer at quarterback. And now we're hearing, I feel a lot of ex-Patriots say they think Hoyer's going to start the season. That's, that's the way Bill thinks. And Stidham will take over eventually. All right, that's interesting. I've uh, heard that. I've heard Todd McShay from ESPN say that specifically. He expected Hoyer to start the season. I have heard ex-Patriots. I don't, uh, Not the ones that are coaching, just ex-Patriot players. I think that Hoyer's going to start. That's just the way Bill goes about things, which will make me even more wary of uh, New England. Uh, yeah. But I think Miami can take them. And, you know, you got Jacksonville. That's Seattle, San Fran, Denver. Two of those on the road. Can't fall on your face here. Try and go one and two. Split versus the L.A. teams. You know, you know split versus the Jets. At Arizona's tough. Those That 10 games, Mike, can they get Can they get to five and five? That's I mean, They'd be a good team if they were five and five. Right. They would be. You're right. I'm, I'm thinking more four and six and even three and seven wouldn't shock me. You know, but I think, uh, but I, four, I think and six, four and six, here. I mean, four and six, you can survive the season, right? You're still in a position where you could make the playoffs because coming out of the bye, they'll be at the Jets. They have the Jets on both sides of the bye week. That's weird. Two games in a row, they'll, they'll play the Jets. They'll, so they're at, they're versus the Jets before the bye week. Then after the bye week, they go to the Jets. So they play the Jets two weeks in a row, bye week in between. Um, Two games in a row, I should say. Then they have Cincinnati and Miami. Then they have, uh, so they get a break there. After the bye week, they go to New York, then come home three home games. Cincinnati, Kansas City, New England. I don't know if I'd call it a break, oh, but at least they don't have to go anywhere. There, okay. <laughs> at least they don't have to go anywhere. 
Uh, and then it's at Las Vegas. That's a flex game, so we don't know when that'll happen. And then at Buffalo. Ugh, that's terrible. Sunday, January 3rd. Buffalo's well, going to be playing for something. Four and six. If they go four and six, they could beat the Jets in Cincinnati, six and six. Kansas City is six and seven. Boy, then New England, Vegas, you're going to lose. Maybe that Buffalo game doesn't mean anything. It, Buffalo has to be locked in. All right, Buffalo can be locked in, whether it's the number one seed, which I don't think, or once again, they can be locked into two or three. So they can be resting some people. Vegas could be out by then. Tough. You know, I mean, we need a lot of ifs here. I yeah. really, to get them in the playoffs, you need a lot of ifs. I think uh, the more I look at the schedule, I'm probably not leaning towards them making the playoffs. Uh, I think there are a lot of teams. I keep mentioning over and over again, they're top four division winners. I'm going to put Pittsburgh in the playoffs. So that pretty much leaves two teams for me. Vying for, you know, two spots with four teams vying for. I'm probably going to give one to Tennessee, so now we're down to one team. And I don't think uh, I don't think Miami's going to be that team. I'm probably leaning more towards Cleveland right now. They only have one primetime game. It's a Thursday nighter at Jacksonville. Get your, and buckle your seatbelts for that one. Uh, so real quick, what's your favorite bet? Would you rather go over six or for them to make the playoffs? Over, over six. Okay. Uh, I think I'm with you. We'll be right back on FFC after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Back on FFC, talking about the Houston Texans, George, and specifically Deshaun Watson. So, <laughs> I don't know how you would classify it, but I'd say they're one of the more talked about teams in this NFL offseason, and it's not really been for positive reasons. So, obviously, we're trying to sort through, we're going to try and sort through all of these moves. And the reason I'm talking about it is I, I read an article on, on The Ringer. Uh, Danny Heifetz uh, talking, the title of the article is, Will the Texans' Mistakes Matter if They Ace the Deshaun Watson Negotiations? Now, I sat here with you during one of the shows, and I was kind of playing devil's advocate about the Bill O'Brien moves. I think the, the indefensible, there are some indefensible ones in here, but there is some understanding behind some of the moves. I'm not defending Bill O'Brien in any way. And by the way, he just... 
uh, eliminated his uh, play calling duties. So they're going to be passed on. Bill Bryan won't be calling plays anymore. So uh, he was GM and head coach and play caller. He's no longer play caller. GM duties too. (laughs) Yeah. So exactly. So he is. Anyway, I just wonder if now they just gave Laramie Tunsil three years, $66 million. By the way, he didn't have an agent, negotiated his own contract, and he still got a $22 million a year deal. Uh, Pretty amazing. Uh, good guarantees, not a huge signing bonus, but good guarantees overall. So they have their left tackle of the future. Now there's talk about quarterback of the future, Deshaun Watson, and whether or not he is going to be the first one to sign here. Been a lot of Doc, Dak Prescott talk. The Pat Mahomes thing is obviously sitting out there, but there's thought process that Deshaun Watson might be the next one to sign so Houston can kind of lock in and move forward. It's amazing to me that teams don't realize this. Uh, I think the Cowboys have fallen into this trap. Uh, Houston, I think Kansas City does realize this, which is why they'd like to get Mahomes locked up. But I think he's he's just a separate player all by himself. The longer you wait, the more the price goes up. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go down. So if if, if Deshaun wants $34 million now, sign him. Because next year it's going to 37. That's the way it works. I mean, granted, I don't think the Sean Watts going to have as good a year this year because of the, you know, the Hopkins trade. The, DeAndre Hopkins was traded, by the way, if you didn't hear. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just don't I don't know why these teams wait. All right, make the deal now. He's going to get his money no matter what you do. Plus, the television contract is going to go up through the roof. Yeah, next year might be a little weird as far as the cap is concerned because I don't think we're going to see the increases that we've been seeing because of the pandemic. But after, once the television contracts hit, they're going to fly through the roof again in two years. Mm-hmm. So sign him now. The price is only get going higher. Same thing with the Cowboys and Dak. It's only going higher. Sign him. I understand with the Cowboys, it's more of a length than it is uh, money. Mahomes is a sort of a separate issue because I don't think he's just he's just not going to get number one quarterback money, which would be 36, 37 million right now. He's going to set records because of how good he is. Yeah. Uh, so, but it just makes no sense. We Watson, Dak, sign him. Philadelphia was smart to sign Wentz. All right. He it wasn't going to get any lower. Sign him. Be the be the next guy to sign. Not wait three more after three more guys. You got to pay another five million dollars a year. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, uh, agreed. The Pat Mahomes thing is really curious, right? Because you almost wonder if he'd want to. You never want to wait, but you almost wonder if you'd want to wait to see after the cap has some adjustment period. There's a possibility, obviously, that the cap can go down next year. Lost revenues due to no fans this year. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show as well. Did you but wait, if, you, if you're Pat Mahomes. Not right re- now. I mean, the way I look at it. He's going to get the largest contract right. in the history of the NFL. Okay, what, $200 million, $140 guaranteed? The team's going to ask for five. He's going to say, no, four, because I want to get to free agency again by the time I, before my 30th birthday, which he would. That's the uh, new thing now. They want, the quarterbacks want four years, not five plus. Yeah, so I would just do that. And I think Pat Mahomes could have the negotiating power unless they make the guarantee, which they could, by the way, make the guarantee so lucrative, which you and I have talked about, give Pat Mahomes such a heavy guarantee that they'll say, hey, just give us the fifth year. We'll give you 150 guaranteed. And then what is he going to say? Because you're really talking about it's a three-year deal. He can earn out, God, he can earn out 175 or whatever uh, guaranteed after three years. Who's really going to turn that down? You know what I mean? He start doing the math. He could be in the 175 range after playing just three seasons. He will have earned it out. So uh, in any event, um, back to Deshaun Watson. So there's a lot. Hypus does a really good job here of laying out all of the steps one by one. But to summarize what he's talking about here, um, the Hopkins deal was ostensibly about money, right? He wanted a raise. O'Brien has said, we didn't think we could pay for him. Maybe because he knew, and not, not maybe, but because he knew Tunsil and Watson were coming down the line. He figured, I can't have a receiver, pay my tackle $22 million a year, and my quarterback 35 There's obviously a lot of numbers that suggest that you can't win with a, a huge cap hit north of 21% on two players. It hasn't happened since Rice and Young all the way back in the day. Um, in, in fact, I, I heard another trivia question, so I'll pause here for a trivia question. One player in the history of the NFL has won the Super Bowl with a a a salary, guaranteed salary for that season north of twenty million dollars. Only one. Do you know who it is? 
Really? The guaranteed salary of north of $20 million. Yeah, like your salary for that season in which you won the Super Bowl is $20 million. Oh, we know it wasn't Brady. That's right. right? He never took the, that kind of money here. I'm trying to think of quarterbacks who have won. Uh, it's not a quarterback. There's your first hint. Oh, I would have lost things. That's the only, only plays I would have looked at were quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know, but I would have lost. It's Frank Clark just a oh, couple of months God. ago. Yeah. No Frank, way I would ever guess that. Frank, I know. I didn't guess it either. I got it wrong, too. But uh, interesting. So uh, so Frank Clark is the answer. That was uh, Kevin Clark asked that question on, on, to Ryan Rosillo on a recent podcast, and I heard that. So uh, the ringer is a, a theme tonight because I was reading this article and listening to associated podcasts. So uh, Hopkins, he basically turned Hopkins into Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. Uh, he turned Jadavian Clowney into a cornerback in Gary Ann Conley that they declined to have under contract for 2021. He's on the team this year. He was you know, released by the Raiders or traded from the Raiders to Houston, excuse me, uh, and his fifth-year option was declined. So they don't even know if Conley's going to be on the team next year. Uh, I think that could possibly be more about we don't want to pay you at the going rate for the fifth-year option. Let's renegotiate an extension at a softer price, but who knows? Uh, they don't have a first round or second round pick next year. They just got out of the draft without having a first round pick this year. Um, so I have argued that while you can defend each individual move other than what you got for Hopkins, it still feels like they're chasing their tail a lot. And they just he, he's just continuously making moves to try to catch up for the last one that didn't go his way. He's left with, in my opinion, actually a pretty deep receiving core. The problem with being that they are often injured with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb and Kiki Kuti. And I don't know if you want to throw stills on that pile of injury plague, but certainly four of the five. Yeah, when you look at the receiving core as a whole, the guys you just mentioned, it's a solid core. You know, it's lacking that one true guy. We're hoping, well, I should say Houston's hoping Fuller can be that guy, but mm -hmm. it's lacking that one true guy. But as a whole, it's pretty good. And if they all stay healthy, it'll be dangerous. But as you're hinting at, and I agree with you, I don't expect it to stay healthy. I would be surprised if it stayed healthy. Hell, I might put the over-under on each player around 12 games. You know, I'll give or take one way or the other there. I, some, I had no problem with the Hopkins deal or trading anybody. Anybody is tradable as long as you get the right value. My mm -hmm. problem with the Hopkins deal was you gave him away. You yeah. just gave him. That, oh, you really extremely overvalued with David. And I like David Johnson. I think David Johnson's going to have some uh, good games for Houston. But you really overvalued him. If, if you thought he was anywhere near, uh, it was worth getting getting rid of Hopkins for David Johnson. I thought that was nuts. Especially, yeah. as, you know, Stephon Diggs got traded, what, the next day? Almost like to just make fun of you. It was within Buffalo. 24 hours. Right, yeah. It was weird. It's like, well, Minnesota's going, oh, okay, yeah, I'll take a one. It was just weird. You know, so... I think a lot of this had to do with the fact that maybe Bill didn't want to trade uh, Hopkins within the, uh, the conference, which I sort of get and I sort of don't get. Either way, you got to take the best deal. You can't just give him away because, because you know, you're afraid to trade him to Buffalo. You, know, you want to try charge a higher price to Buffalo? Get, get him to give you a one and a three? Then do that. You know, but don't just give him away. I, just, I think it had a lot to do with personality conflicts, the money situation which you bring up as well, which is a valid one. They do have to worry about down the line that you got to pay. Uh, he was on, punch, the, people, the reason people freaked is for the reason you mentioned, it's like they didn't call Buffalo to find out what price they could get. Who did a. they call? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Phil right. Dunkey was dying for a wide receiver. Yeah. It just seems like they, they could, they, we all agree they could have gotten a better offer. Plus, Hopkins' active contract is a good deal. He's under contract for three more years at 13 mil a year. Now, it seems unlikely he'll hold out in Arizona this year, but there was talk of that. They didn't have a good relationship. He and Bill O'Brien didn't have a, a good personal relationship. And if he was going to ask for more money, it was going to create problems for Hopkins, for the team, for everything. So um, I, I can't, I, I can defend moving on from him for that reason. I can't defend what he got back. Now, I another. Mean, it me of a fantasy deal, Mike, when you're, when you're in a fantasy league and, you know, me and Mike and I are in a fantasy. It's a 12-team league. I call Mike. I call Blewett, and he goes, oh, yeah, I'll give you this, that. Oh, okay. And I didn't call anybody else for a top player. I yeah. just took the best deal because I called the one team. I took the one player in my league. I talked to Blewett, and he, I took what he offered me. I didn't call, you know, the other 10 guys. And that's, yeah. you know, fantasy-wise, that's why we tell you, you know, put it on your board that a certain player is available. The last thing you would want to hear from anybody is, and Bill O'Brien had to hear this. 
is that, well, you know, if I would have known Hopkins was available, I'd have given you this and this, this, that, and this. It's frustrating. Yeah. So, you know, another component, and I think an important part to note is that, look, I don't know if this Laramie Tunsil deal makes sense. He really pushed tackles up to another level, negotiating his own deal at 22 million bucks a year for three years. And he'll probably get another lucrative deal. Ostensibly, if he plays well, he's still a young player. Um, but the sacks on Deshaun Watson dropped from 62 to 44. Their pass blocking, according to uh, Pro Football Focus, their pass blocking went from 20th to 6th. There's obviously some I did not notion. see that watching those games. There, there, yeah, there's some notion that Watson does hold the ball a little long. He is a playmaker. I'm not criticizing him, but he does hold the ball a little bit longer than some others and might get himself a few more sacks than he otherwise would get. I thought it was improved. I didn't think it was great. Titus Thomas, the first-round pick from two years ago, from last year, excuse me, um, he got injured late in the year. They had a second-round pick, Max Sharping, as well, who is filling in there. So they've tried to rebuild it. I think it's better. I don't know that it's a top offensive line, but they're in a good position to protect him. And the thought process in this article, and I encourage all of you to read it because there's a lot of good detail in there, is that they get this right. They have him signed for a good deal long-term. Deshaun Watson is good enough that he can elevate the rest of this team regardless of what other offensive pieces are going to be slotted in here because I think we both know that both the running back and receiving cores are going to have some turnover in the next 12 months. I agree. I think they took a step back. Yeah, there's any way for you to look at it. Indianapolis, Tennessee, better teams. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for watching FFC. George and I'll be back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. 
Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.